Hi, and welcome to Tits and Tea, the self-sponsored, that's not a thing, self-published, we're not a book, and self-edited, that's why it's clunky, fortnightly podcast, where Rochelle, that's me, and Emily, that's me, drink tea and talk about, what are we going to talk about? Mm, like life and stuff? Sure, where we talk about life and stuff. Imagine this podcast is like having a cup of tea with a couple of mates. Enjoy this episode. Hi, Rochelle. Hello, Emily. How are you? I'm okay. Here we are at lockdown number six. Lockdown number 672,001 billion. Feels like that. Happy not going on holiday again. Woohoo! Happy not being in Uluru together. Would have been flying back today because my calendar told me what time we were flying home. Yeah, I got a calendar notification telling me to board my flight. I was like, <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Do you know how much I've got in credit vouchers? <laughs> flight credit vouchers now standing at $1,500. Oh. Helping the airlines of Australia. So first of all, mm. off the back of... Happy Friendship Day. <laughs> From last fortnight. Mm. International Friendship Day. I want to say I love you as a friend. And something that I've learned from you is if I'm ever struggling or people are struggling, you don't look at a solution. You just say, is there anything I can do to help? Aww. And I really love that. And that's something that I've learned from you is... Is there anything I can do to help? I just think it's lovely. So, yeah, that's that's something that I've learned from you and it's been a valuable lesson, especially in lockdown six for Melbourne. And I know everywhere else, not even just in Australia, but the world, check in with your friends. I called a friend this morning, um, quickly checked in, and she said, oh, thank you so much for the call. It might just be two minutes of your time, but it could mean the world to someone, so... Check in and ask, is there anything you can do to help by Emily Chadwell? Oh, that's so lovely. We should make this little segment. Yeah. Things that you love about me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like things that we've learned from our friendships. Yeah. 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 Things that you learn from friendships. Or just, how big is Emily Chapon's head this week? <laughs> Tell me more nice things about me. <laughs> what about me? Okay, so <laughs> stop with the you, karaoke. Should I tell you something that you've taught me? Yeah, go on. Oh, I have to think about it. <laughs> um, I think, uh, you, it's not necessarily something that you've taught, but it's something that you demonstrate very well that I have tried to adopt in my own life, is your lack of judgment of other people. Oh. You always always see where somebody else might be struggling where I might be quicker to judge them Mm. yeah and that sometimes makes me feel real shit (laughs) 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 but it's good to be pulled you don't and but you're not judging me for judging other people you're just like you're just like well you never know someone's story yeah well you don't you You don't know someone's story you don't know what's driven that person to take that action and it's not like Emily you shouldn't judge that person it's just you just you've got no idea what's going on behind closed doors and you're just very good at that and I think that's something that I have witnessed in you that I have then seen as not as a negative thing but as something that I am very quick to judge people so you observe your judgment more oh yeah like, absolutely and then what really would Rochelle of, say what would Rochelle do hashtag <laughs> what would Rochelle do <laughs> maybe we should make that a segment Okay, well, we could, but both of us, both of our egos here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so today's topic. 
Yeah, so I didn't expect this to explode the way that it did, considering that we've only released one episode to date and about seven people have listened to it. But um, six of those seven people have emailed us with stories about (laughs) when friends have broken up with them. Well, it's a taboo subject, isn't it? It is a bit. And I wonder if it harps back to like the feeling of shame. Like it's a real like playground thing, isn't it? Of just like, oh, if if my friends don't want to be friends with me today, I need to hide that from everybody else because it makes me very vulnerable in the playground Mm. because if my friends don't like me there must be something wrong with me and I've got to hide that from other people well I remember at school we all used to go to the back of the bus and there was this one girl I won't mention her name on here um but she was kind of you know the um Regina George the bitch yes she was the Regina George round all the girls up and I remember one day she just didn't want me to be sat at the back of the bus and so she told the other girls don't talk to Rochelle and you can't sit at the back of the bus today and so no one else spoke to me Mm. and I was relegated to the front of the bus not even the front I think I was relegated downstairs because it was double deckers in England Mm. and it just it's this awful rejection isn't it I can still feel it and it is it's that rejection that fear of being rejected that moulds and shapes the way that I am as an adult. And I'm Mm. so aware of that now. I wasn't for a really long time, but I spent most of my adult life doing anything not to have to have that feeling, that pit feeling in the bottom of your stomach when you're like, oh God, today's the day that I'm not the popular one. Today's Mm. the day that they've decided that I've got to sit downstairs at the front of the bus. And you spend so much of your life then creating these defence mechanisms and protection walls against being in that firing line of rejection again that you end up or this was my experience you end up sort of with this like shield between you and the rest of the world and you forget to allow yourself to be really vulnerable and open and Mm. so you deny yourself the connection that is actually what it is that you crave in the first place and so it's like in the desperation to protect yourself from the rejection you are denying yourself the connection. And I've, as an adult, have had to really learn to allow those walls to come down and like remind myself I'm not in the playground anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like physically, sometimes I have to have that conversation with myself. It's like, Emily, you are no longer in the playground at school. You're no longer in a population, con- a population, a popularity contest. You are safe. And you don't have to prove yourself to people the way that you did when you were a teenager. Or mm. It's hard, though. So it's funny, the things that happen at school that scar you. I remember a while ago when we were doing some stuff for the Hub and we were finding out birthday presents. It was your birthday and we were finding out birthday presents. Oh, was that on the virtual event that we did? Yes. We did a virtual event for my birthday And one of the questions that we asked or that you asked to the people that came was what was the best or worst birthday present you've ever had? Yeah, and this one was funny but heartbreaking at the same time. And one of the girls had said she bought her best friend, she was 10 years old, bought her best friend the friendship necklace. So you would have half each with best friends. And oh, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, it's like the love heart that like, yeah. cracked into If you're in England, you got them from Argos yeah. catalogue. Um, 
And so she'd given her best friend this friendship necklace and she was obviously waiting to get the other part back and the best friend actually gave the other half to her cousin. <laughs> Which we all want to laugh. That is funny. But <laughs> that scars you. That that stuff scars you. You're literally giving someone a representation of your heart and then they're deciding to give it to someone else. It's a bit like someone going down on one knee and being like, hey, will you marry me? And you taking that engagement ring and then giving it to somebody <laughs> else. Yeah. That's basically what yeah. happened. But 10 years old. That stays with you for life. Stays with you for life. Yeah, because what do you learn then? You learn, okay, I'm going to protect myself from this shit feeling. Yeah. And then that alters the way that you relate to people in your adult life. Yeah, it's that abandonment, rejection. Yeah, yeah, you just, that wall has gone up. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's probably never bought anyone a gift since. Well, you wouldn't, would you? Let's buy him a candle. (laughs) And light it yourself. (laughs) We had so many emails in from people who have experiences of being dumped by a girlfriend. I'm just going to read you, I'll read you one for now. We'll save one for later in the episode. But um, I don't know, this one really, really resonated with me. Because you've been dumped so many times. Well, no, actually, do you know, I really haven't. It's less about being dumped and more about, like, seeing when a friendship has run its course and allowing it to mm. to be friendship, over. Friendship distancing. Yeah, allowing that friendship to take a different... To drift. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so this is an anonymous contribution. My once breath... <laughs> breast? <laughs> My breast friend... My friends are my breasts. Okay. My once bestie and I met through work in our early 30s. We'd socialise, text madly during whatever show we were both watching. We were each other's biggest hype people and I trusted her oh so much. We celebrated landmark birthdays with holidays and we laughed till our sides hurt. All the things you'd expect. All the cliches. Then suddenly she began to pull away and had way less time for me. I thought, hopefully I'm reading too much into this. She's just distracted with work or her boyfriend. But I could feel that something was off. It felt wonky. Eventually, I organised a lunch and managed to actually get her there. I asked her outright if I'd done anything to upset her. She assured me that nothing was wrong and then in the same breath said she couldn't stay any longer because of other commitments that she had. In a nutshell, that was it. That was the last time the two of us were together. I would say that for the next six months, I went through a heart-wrenching breakup. I went round and round, wondering what I'd done. I spoke to mutual friends, I analysed conversations, I'd bring it up at every opportunity, until I finally understood. Our race had been run. I wasn't ready to give it up, but she was. Would I have liked a conversation explaining why? Yes, I would. However, I can't fault her for doing what was right for her. A couple of years have passed since that last lunch and I think of her often. She really was one of a kind and I've no doubt that she still is. I welled up. That's so sad. It does feel like a breakup. It does. It can. It can feel like a romantic breakup. Well, there's no closure on that, is there? No. And... Your girlfriends, like, you share so many, like, intimate details with girlfriends. Mm. 
Um, so they are more than a, a boyfriend because um, we just share everything. Yeah. And it's that sisterhood, isn't it, when you just like... Sisterhood. When you're going on holiday with each other and you're just in that sort of perfect alignment. Well, it's that village. It, and it's, it's so funny because I know that you and I do like a morning check-in with each other. Mm. And if that was a romantic relationships at the very beginning you would be like oh am I coming on too strong like messaging someone at 6am in the morning like hey babe have a great day you're the first person I'm thinking of or like the other week when you're like I can't get out of bed till I hear your voice (laughs) now (laughs) restraining order um but if you were in a romantic relationship with someone you would analyze that more of like should I be doing this this often and am I going to get codependent on this, et cetera, et cetera. But with girlfriends, there's just none of that, is it? It's just like mm. checking in every day. We're making sure each other are all right. We've got each other's backs. Like, it's just this beautiful thing. If that stopped tomorrow. For no reason. For no reason. Mm. Well, one, I'd be knocking at your door going, show up, tell me what's going on. Yeah, you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but equally, both of us are quite self-aware I don't think yeah. we would have to have that awkward horrible conversation which I will be probably having with you maybe in about six months oh, right, great, <laughs> <laughs> just so you know this friendship has an expiry date yes um but yeah it's just that innate trust in each other as girls that we don't have to analyse the friendships of text messaging and all those mm. things. So if that suddenly ends... I think as well, it's like how it comes about, like in that share that has just come in that I just read out, you know, texting each other whilst watching whatever show that they were watching, yeah. you know. It's like the reason that you and I message each other first thing in the morning, that started because we were doing a 40-day sadness. <laughs> so it was, it, was a, it was an accountability message to begin with. Sorry, Need to correct you. The 40 days turned into 90 because you had an idea and I was a smart ass. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. I was like, we've done 40 day sadness before. Let's do a 90 day sadness. And then. Well, if you're doing 90 days, I'm doing it too. <laughs> that was horrendous. It was horrendous. If anyone who doesn't know, a sadness is a morning meditation and movement practice that you do before 6 a.m. for 90 days, the same one every day for 90 days. Anyway, so we would check in like with like. A- accountability and now we just have to <laughs> message each other as soon as we wake up hello what you doing how'd you sleep what you got on today theodore misses you um but i think it is it's those small little habits of like connectivity that mean that you you do end up in this sort of weird codependence even though you don't recognize it necessarily as codependence because it's friendship and not romantic mm. But it does, it becomes that kind of lifeline or that habit or that assumption that somebody is thinking about you or someone's on your wavelength or somebody understands you. It's that feeling of belonging and connection. And when that is suddenly taken away and there's no apparent reason for it, I mean, it's like it's like ghosting. Or it's like your boyfriend just being like, oh, actually... I don't want to be in a relationship with you anymore. See you later. Bye. That happened to me. That happened to me romantically with a girlfriend of mine, a mm. romantic girlfriend that I had, and it was just the worst thing. Like, there was no reason. She didn't have a reason for it. She was just like, "This relationship is over," and I was just like, "What?" Like spinning in space. But then she actually ran off with one of your friends, didn't she? Yeah, that's probably a but different podcast. That's episode. a different <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Turns out there was a reason for it. 
Hey, but guess what? Everyone will keep listening because they want to hear that podcast. Will, yeah, that will be a great episode. It's yeah, the, the pain of not knowing why your girlfriend, your, your female friend has decided that she no longer wants to be friends with you. But I thought what was really interesting is that it seems like she didn't know either. Like the bestie herself either couldn't explain why she was pulling away or she felt shame about the reason that she was pulling away and so didn't want to talk about it. Like, what is it that means that we can't articulate, actually? You know what? Just something feels off or you've really pissed me off or I just feel like this has run its way. Look, why do we have to... Why do we? Why are we so conflict-averse? Why can't we just lean into those hard conversations? Because we don't want to hurt someone. But you're hurting that person. Anyway. By... Yeah, yeah. anyway. You're yeah. hurting them by not telling them and by telling them could make that person I remember sorry completely jumping of course but I'd gone for a swim with one of my friends one day and I just felt like they were nitpicking at everything mm. um this that and the other about me and my body and when I got home I felt so strongly about it I actually messaged them and just said hey and I pulled them up on it mm. and after they actually said I'm really sorry I wasn't aware of it mm. yeah so I wonder how many nitpicky annoying little things are we allowing to build up in our friendships Mm. without talking about them because we don't think that we should have to talk about them because they're friendships right and as those things continue to build irritation gets higher then you feel a bit more like oh I don't want to hang out with you today because actually Mm. you've been really pissing me off the last time so you haven't spoken about it and so it hasn't been anything that you can resolve on either party Mm. and then all of a sudden one day you just realize that that friendship has fizzled out but yeah maybe it didn't have to be that way if you just had the balls to be like oh you know what and look it was probably one of the hardest sort of conversations I had last year and I really didn't want to have it but I could feel and I think at the time I was doing the 90 day sadness I was really aware of a lot of things and observing my patterns with stuff Mm -hmm. and yeah it was an awful conversation to have but if I hadn't have had it I probably would have just cut that person out of my life completely by now yeah just be like oh I'm not talking to them ever again they're a knobhead Mm. um but by having that conversation I've I think they actually respected me more Mm. and I said it very lovingly and kindly hey I just want to let you know because I'm not sure you're aware of this yeah and here's the other thing if they were aware of it then at least you know that you don't want that person in your life anymore. Exactly. And you can leave with a clear conscience going, that that person has a different yeah. value or standard matched to me. Yeah, so I think sometimes we really do need to lean into those awful, icky, horrible conversations. Because if you don't have them, um, it's like a beach ball that you keep pushing at the bottom of the ocean. Eventually mm. it's going to pop up. Yeah. It's so true, yeah. That's you, you a great analogy. I know. Stop it with your I beach balls. I stole that from someone else, but never mind. Mm. Was the person that was actually nitpicking at me the day of the beach. Oh, there we are. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the analogy. I have a friend called Kim who is one of the wisest, most direct people I know. Mm. And one of the things that I love about her is that when something, when you have done something to piss her off, she lets you know about it. And it can feel quite confronting Mm. And there are times where it feels quite gross because no one wants to have that reflected back to them, do they? No. I remember one morning, it was my birthday, and I'd been so shit about organising a venue. And I'd this was years ago when I was still 
getting high very regularly and I'd rocked up high (laughs) to this brunch that I'd organized at the last minute like everyone was messaging me like where are we going for brunch I hadn't booked anywhere there were like 20 of us it was like it was a full old Emily moment not uh, who I am now wouldn't behave like that at all but back in the day it was kind of classic and she walked in with a present for me and she gave me a massive kiss and she went I love you but that was not acceptable Wow. And I was like, it's horrible to hear that. But fuck, I needed to hear that. Someone needed to pull me into line. Don't just sit there getting high and leave all your friends not knowing where to meet you for your birthday. (laughs) Who are you? Be better. Be a better person. And I'm so grateful. And she's done it a few times. And every single time it's been justified and valid. And it has helped me grow. It's not always nice to receive. No. But when it's said with love and it's said for the for the betterment of the friendship Mm. then you kind of have to be there for that don't you like you have to accept to be able to give and accept feedback in any relationship whether it be plutonic whether it be with your co-workers whether it be with your romantic relationships and I wonder sometimes with friendships if we don't do it as much because we feel like friendships should be easy Mm. but actually if you're talking about long-term friendships as two people who are growing and changing and evolving in that time period there are going to be times of conflict and times of friction and times when it's not just cocktails and mimosas and that that takes an adult conversation because otherwise stuff small insignificant stuff builds to become something really quite annoying yeah and we probably do need more kims in our life of just I mean, go her. You need friends like that. That Absolutely. I'm going to make you aware of things that you're just not aware of. I mean, you weren't aware of it because you were high all the time. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> and like you said, you're a completely different person. The things I've done in the past um, to friends and kind of just been in a little bit of a huff and gone, oh, well, I'm not talking to them anymore. Mm. I'd never do that now because I'm a completely different person and I sit and in that non-judgment mm. of like, well, what's that person going through? But I'm probably only like that because I probably did used to judge a lot. Yeah. Because it was all about me. Back in my heyday when I was partying and living the life, it was all about me. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Even it's like I, you are either serving me or you're not, and if you're not, then you can get out of my life. That's yeah. definitely how I used to approach my friendships. And even... Going, flying back to England when I was out here the first few times I went back and if someone kind of said oh hey I'm sorry I can't come to your big catch-up I'd just be like how dare you <laughs> I used to do that as a, how, how dare like, you guys I'm coming to London I'm going to be in this pub at this time you must all come and see me here I will be sitting on my throne like Queen fucking Emily Hands down, I did it in England just like that. One of my friends' car broke down, something happened, da-da-da. She couldn't come. I was like, well, that's it. I'm not talking to that person anymore. I literally stopped talking to one of my very dear, very, very close friends because I couldn't deal with the fact that I wasn't her priority, that I'd flown back from Australia. Not the fact that I decided to go and live in country. And lovely enough we found a journey back to each other sadly because I lost my dad and I called her because she had a very close relationship with my dad and so I called her and let her know so Mm. and she sadly lost her mum but we found our way back to each other um but that was me I was an absolute dickhead when I was younger Mm. 
I'm probably only probably only in the last few years that I'm I'm not like that anymore. Yeah. Um, and it's quite embarrassing, but yeah, <laughs> fortunately enough, I've had Kims in in my life that have pulled me up on it. But not everyone's willing, not willing, but can do that mm. or have the energy to do it. Yeah. I also think like the older I get, the more I have the experience and the discernment to be able to say, this is a friendship which enriches my life and makes it better. And therefore, when it hits a rocky patch or when it feels a bit hard or when it's quite triggering to me, I'm willing to invest the hard yards yes. to reconnect and come back to where to why it's great. Mm. Whereas I think in my younger years, and I think partying does this as well, doesn't it? Because it's like everything is just a bit more disposable. Oh, yeah. You're meeting so many people. You're having like mad chats with people at like 3 a.m. on the sofa. And you're like, man, I've just found my like my new best friend. You're like my new soul connection. It's like, no, darling, you're just exceptionally high. Go home and take a Valium. <gasps> and so your idea of friendship is, for, for me, it was just much more transient. Like I've always had very good, solid crew. And I've always had, I think I mentioned this in the last episode. It's like I've always had a female partner. Yes. in my life um but those sort of peripheral friendships were very disposable mm. for me and now I live a life where I don't really want peripheral friendships no. like you're either in or you're out <laughs> like yeah. there's not it, it sounds a bit more dichotomous it sounds a bit more black and white and it sounds a bit more brutal but it's not it, it's just that I have less friendships in my life now but they are they take up way more of my time and it, and I invest so much more love yeah into them and therefore if one of those friendships were to disintegrate for any reason out it would be much more painful oh yeah mm. and if we do look like in our 20s and look at romantic and friendship relationships how many people can say they met someone at 18 and I'm still with them at mm. 40 I mean, sometimes it happens and it's beautiful when it does happen, mm. but it's that's the exception to the rule, isn't it? It really so, is. So, yeah, I'm still best friends with my friend from being three years old, and she actually messaged me the other day and just said, hey, I'm sorry that I've not really been, that I've missed you and I've not been in touch, but she's just had a second kid. Mm. You know, it's just like, I know you're there. I know if I messaged you tomorrow and said, I really need to speak to you, but... Our lives are just completely different now, mm. but I still love her dearly. Yeah, there's no been there's th that again. It's like it's like that friendship has just metamorphosized into something different due to circumstance, mm. as opposed to we're no longer friends because she has decided to stop contacting me or she has changed the dynamic of our friendship. Yeah, yeah. so it's not you haven't been dumped by her. No, it's just that circumstance and time and distance have meant that. Your yeah. friendship has just evolved into something different, which is a bit more distant, and that's okay. Mm. I um, have you ever been dumped <sighs> by a friend, not a boyfriend? No, I mean yes, but I like nothing like particularly outright brutal. Mm. Um, I've had friendships that have drifted away. I am the sort of person, or have been historically, the sort of person 
who was so adverse to conflict that if a friend started drifting away, I just let that happen mm. because I would be too scared to hear the truth from them. Yeah. So I wouldn't ask for the truth because if I don't ask you for the truth, then I don't have to hear it. And I'm scared that what you're going to say is actually I just don't like you. and I think you're a bit of a knob. So in the past, you just drink too much. You drink too much, and you're not very organised. So in the past, whenever anything like that has happened, I've allowed it to happen. Now, I think if something like that was to happen, I would lean into how uncomfortable that could be, and yeah. I would ask what is going on. Mm. Um, but I have not been like brutally, like. I've just changed my mind. You're no longer coming to my birthday party. We can't sit with us dumped. No. Have you? Yeah, I was actually, um, I'd been asked to be a bridesmaid. Mm. And then, look, and I'm going to put my hand up. I was full on partying. Everything was about Rochelle at that time in my life. There was no room for anyone else. It was just all about me and mm. me going out and getting high and picking up guys. Um, and one of my best friends at the time was getting married and there was another girl that we were really close to as well from going out partying and she was a bridesmaid and I can't really remember what happened like a, a big event but I just know that one of the other bridesmaids actually just said oh you're no longer a bridesmaid one day <laughs> So the bride didn't even tell me, <laughs> and I didn't even get an invite to the wedding. But I can't really? remember. Oh a, I can't remember a lot of it because I was probably high at the time. Yeah, okay. You know, drunk, high. So you didn't actually deserve that bridesmaid play. I didn't deserve it. Mm. Um, now I would deserve it, but I didn't yeah. deserve it at the time. Yeah. God, that is brutal. Yeah. Weren't even told by the bride. Were <laughs> <laughs> told by another bridesmaid, by the way, you've been. By the way, you're not going to be a bridesmaid anymore. But I think this other girl, because she'd come into kind of our friendship circle a little bit later, she kind of. She pushed was, you out. She pushed me out. She nudged you yeah, out. She nu she was, she nudged me out. Mm. Yeah. There does seem to be a little theme around weddings. It seems to be quite a triggering time for a lot of people. So I want to read out this other email that came in. Um, I had a friend of 10 years who, I'd, who had grown to be one of my besties. We traveled together. We even lived together for a while. And I considered her one of my inner circle. When she got married, she chose to have a very small event, but I still made a huge effort and went shopping with her for the dress and I was there on the morning to help her get ready. When my turn came around a few years later, she was clearly disinterested. I was having a big wedding with many family and friends and it was a whole day event. She showed zero enthusiasm about any of it, with her only contribution to tell me that she thought the shoes I had chosen to wear were fucking hideous. <laughs> And she couldn't believe that that's what I'd chosen to walk down the aisle in. Ooh. A week before the wedding, I got an email from her and the opening line was, you must be getting so excited, it's only a week away. For a second, I actually thought she'd come around, but not so. She then proceeded to tell me that her father-in-law had box seats for the rugby on the <laughs> same day as the wedding. So she was going to come to the ceremony, but wouldn't be staying for the reception. What? <laughs> it was then that I realised that I, what I'd been putting up with. My reply was blunt, and I told her to consider it an uninvitation, not to bother coming at all if it was going to be such an inconvenience. She never replied, and we have not spoken since. 
Wow, I can't <gasps> believe she didn't reply. By the way, my father-in-law has seats to the rugby. <laughs> I have to admit, back in my heyday, I would have been choosing what was right. I, I hated weddings when I was younger. Do you think they're triggering for people? I think they're really triggering mm. for people. And I hated them because I wasn't in a relationship and I wasn't getting married. I fucking love a wedding. Oh, I know you'd love a wedding. Oh, I love, love weddings. A wedding. I love weddings now because I'm not who I was back then. Mm. But back then, you know, it was it was either the Rochelle show or no show. Yeah, okay. I mean, I don't think we would have been friends back in our 20s oh. because... Well, we both sounded like selfish twats. So we maybe we would have been. <laughs> no, I think you'd have been like, no, Rochelle, it's about me. No, Emily, it's about <laughs> me today. Um, <laughs> we'd come out with like ball gowns on or something, like trying to outdo each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sorry, can you not wear white to a wedding? I didn't know. <laughs> Sorry, can you not wear a wedding dress to a wedding? I thought that was... A theme I thought it was the theme <laughs> <laughs> I thought wedding was the theme sorry <laughs> how to break friends with someone rock up to their wedding dress as a bride guys you know if ever you get married I'm wearing a massive white meringue dress and I'm going to whip it off and there's going to be a jumpsuit underneath and I'm just going to like disco down the aisle. And then I'm going to boo when you start walking down. Like, boo! Here comes the bride. Boo! <laughs> anyway, let's hope I stay single forever and Emily never gets her opportunity. I'll just ghost you a few weeks before. Um, but no, now I love weddings because I love seeing other people celebrate their lives and their mm. love. But back then, obviously, I was very well. I do think it must be triggering. The world. I think it's triggering for a lot of people, and I think if you because it is hard, and I think we should do an episode on this about like being happy for a friend when shit's not going well yourself. Mm. It's hard. It can yeah. be really. It like I think it's sort of a the test of a really true friendship and self-leadership is when you've got a friend who even if their life is in the shitter is going to stand on the sidelines of yours and cheer when you succeed yeah it's you know those sort of insta tiles it's like oh when the chips are down you find out who your friends are I actually don't think that's true I think it's really easy for people to come out of the woodwork when you're having a shit time mm. it's when you have got something to celebrate yeah and a friend will stand there and scream and cheer as loud as you for your own success, even mm. though they're not experiencing it themselves. I think that's real friendship and, and that's somebody who's done enough work to hold a really clear space for friendship in yeah. their life. But that wasn't me until a few years ago, no. for sure. And I think we're probably why we get on so well now is because we both see our past lives and what we were like and we were very similar mm. and how we are now. Um I've kind of gone off track of what I was going to say. That's okay. Yeah, the the you walking down the aisle. You, all you can see it, is me walking down the aisle see. now, isn't it? <laughs> and to be honest, like, if you like a ring on it, I don't know the words to that song, what? sorry. Okay, anyway. Um, Do we want to hear from Tessa? Yeah, let's hear from Tessa. So we did a phone interview, which because of my terrible technical skills and my non-existent technical skills doesn't sound very good so from here on in if you've got a story to share please just send it over email 
um, and we'll read it out. Well, Emily will read it out because she's got a really good voice. Good radio voice. Um, but we did speak to Tessa, and it's again, it's wedding related, but she came up with some really lovely things, which I think I'd like to pick up on. Yeah, great. Let's hear from Tess. I had one friend. It was sort of this um, almost like too close over a period of 10 years. She sort of blew up maybe three times. This, this is the third time, the most recent I'm referring to. Mm. And it's almost like we were too close, like in a not healthy way. Um, I don't know how to describe it. But anyway, long story short, um, I was maid of honour after being not in her life for a few years. She popped up and she's like, I'm sorry, I want to be friends again. Um, and then I was maid of honour for her wedding and all these sorts of things. And then out of nowhere, suddenly, she doesn't want me to be maid of honour anymore. She wants her sister to be maid of honour. She's moved the wedding from Queensland to New Zealand. It's no longer 150 people. It's now five people. Mm. And then two weeks before we're scheduled to leave, suddenly she doesn't want my boyfriend to come to the ceremony. So it was all these sorts of things that happened. And it was really interesting to just watch my reaction and feel really like hurt and um, confused and things like that. And even now it's sort of like, oh, well, that kind of sucks. Like this person's been in your life for so long. But really stepping back and like, what can you sort of learn from it? And it's okay to let things like that go. Like Mm. it's not always about you. Like it's not, yeah, sort of always our fault. I think when we break up with a friend, we take it on so much as, oh, I stuffed up and this is to do with me. And there's always two sides to every story. There's always things that contribute. Um, But, yeah, that's sort of my experience of what happened really recently. Someone of 10 years who'd popped in and out multiple times. um, And, yeah, we're no longer friends as of a few weeks ago, a month ago. Do you feel like um, because this has happened more than once in the lifespan of your friendship to date. Do you feel a bit like one of those sort of couples that like you break up and you get back together and you break up and you get back together. So like, does it feel fine for you now? Does this feel finished or do you feel like there's another chapter with her? It does feel finished because I've finally changed um, as a person. So I didn't feel fully comfortable this time around in the friendship. So Mm. probably for the last eight months, there was some sort of value clashes where, when I perhaps hadn't worked on myself as much or uh, didn't have sort of as much, yeah, sort of self-confidence or self-belief, you know, all of those sorts of things sort of would let things go and like want her there and I don't want to lose a friend and that sort of thing. But this most recent time, it's been more about stepping back and being like, actually, there's been behaviour well and truly before this, you know, in quotation marks, blow up, where I wasn't agreeing with some sort of actions outside of the friendship. Sometimes when you're too close with someone joined at the hip, it can be like that toxic relationship, like with a sort of, I don't know, like a romantic relationship. Mm, like a codependency. Kind of I mean. mm. Yeah, exactly right. And I noticed that it really was that. And it was sort of my last, I guess, friendship where we did behave in that way. Um, so being sort of oscillating between like, oh, did I do something wrong? And reflecting and, you know, I think we really need to take responsibility for what we do wrong sometimes and have a think about whether there was something contributing, but also letting it go with love because it's like, well, we grow and we change as people. And so our relationships change as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I think what I really love, Tess, about that is you said, I've changed. And then yeah. with you saying you've changed, you've put those boundaries in place to say, actually, this isn't what I'm willing to accept anymore. 
Yeah. And you've done it with love and grace. And do you think maybe energetically she, in this last sort of eight months, in this last stint of your relationship, do you think somewhere unconscious, unconsciously she maybe picked up on your change and that made her feel really uncomfortable? I think so. it's really interesting that you've asked that because I wasn't going to necessarily bring that into it. I'm like, oh, is that a bit, I don't know, not up myself, but sort of <laughs> in a way because a lot of her... A lot of her friends, I've noticed just by observing over a while, are people that really do run and do what she sort of would like them to do. I'd sort of change those behaviours. And so that's what caused the stepping back and then the, you're no longer my maid of honour. There was absolutely nothing that had happened. And I checked in with her friends about it. She just decided to replace me with the sister. And oh, that's fine. It's her family member. But there was sort of all these things that kept happening. And I'm like, well, no, all I've done is... I, treat her with kindness despite some of the value clashes we've had over the last eight months or so. So what is causing this to change? Yeah, so that's when I sort of thought maybe it was just that I'm really different about, yeah, boundaries and things like that. So It's diff- It's funny as well, isn't it? Because then other people feel like, well, you're the one who's changed, but you don't have, you don't feel like you have to defend the fact that you've changed. You're like, well, I have, but that's a great thing. Yeah. Um, not yeah. everybody is as adaptable to change. Some people have a preference towards certainty and some people have a preference towards variety. And And I think it does mm-hmm. it does reflect on how much of your own personal development that you've done when you can stand in a place and be like, do you know what? I believe in abundance and I believe that everything is transient. So if this friendship has run its course, I'm going to be okay with that. And then other people tend to be a bit more certainty driven and need and need things to stay exactly the same in order for them to feel safe so yeah mm-hmm. it just sounds like you've done a load of work on yourself my love <laughs> well done <laughs> but it's interesting though because you watch the mind oscillate between the two almost like the old self and the newer self if that makes sense so it's like oh I need to know what I've done and then hang on no this is happening for a reason it's okay to let it go with love and sort of you know, when we were at the airport and I was still going to New Zealand because we'd booked these tickets and everything was paid for. And I said, oh, hi, how are you? You know, well, I'm not going to let the fact that you've uninvited us, you know, I'm not going to then grieve you off or something. And the behaviour that came back, which was, you know, cold shoulder, laughing at us whenever we bumped into them overseas. And it was just a big, big learning experience. And I might sound super woo-woo saying this, but I really think the universe gives us lessons to really learn from things. So I was Not like, okay, way, well, at all. So I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sad about this, but how can I sort of always sort of act with my integrity and values in this situation um, rather than, you know, fighting back or things like that? And, um, yeah, it's just been really interesting. But I did, when I told the story, someone asked me what happened a few weeks ago. I noticed myself telling it completely objectively as well. And I was like, oh, okay, I have changed the way I do things because I wasn't like, oh, and then she did this. It's sort of like you both contribute. Sometimes friends, friendships break up and it sucks that you can either choose to be okay or sit in the you know, the sort of feeling of this is the worst ever, I'm gonna have no friends. Like that you got that choice. So What I love the most about that conversation is that there is an element that Tessa was willing to acknowledge which is that she's actually the one that's changed yes I loved that you know she's the one that's put up some boundaries she's Mm. the one that's done that personal development work and she's not willing to put up with the shit anymore and that is has unconsciously been picked up on by her friend 
And so even though her friend is the one who did the deed, if that makes sense, that actually it was almost a mutual, energetically it was a mutual mm. um, breakup. Yeah. Because she wasn't willing to put up with her crap anymore. Yeah. And her friend only wanted people, only wanted friends that would put up with her. With her shit. With her shit, yeah. And I do wonder how often that happens in a relationship where it feels like it's just inexplicable but actually one of those parties has just done a level up in terms of their energy Mm. and in terms of their standards and their values and what they want for themselves and their lives and what they will and will not tolerate and uh, basically a bit of growing up yeah you know I look at our friendship group or my friendship group with my friends right now and you know we've all grown up so much and those that haven't grown up at the same time are no longer in the crew and that's not necessarily because anyone's gone we're breaking up with you you don't hang out with us anymore it's much more subtle than that it's like a slight unease where it used to be really easy Mm. and so I, I do wonder a lot of the times when it feels like we've been dumped by our girlfriends whether or not that is something to do with um, a sort of level up in our own spiritual and personal development, which isn't necessarily articulated or articulate articulatable. Yeah. yeah, that's not a word. Mm, well, I can't say it anyway. So yeah, it's interesting you should say that because I had a chat with my brother the other week, and he used to be, you know, Fisher, one of the lads, drinking loads of beer, having a laugh, life and soul, and during the last sort of 18 months he's really stepped away from that and really come into like reading a lot and being a lot more self-aware I don't know whether I can say like spirituality because I don't think he's on the same spiritual path that we're on um but he actually wants to sit and have more of a deeper conversation now Mm. and he'd gone to watch the football at someone's house a few weeks ago and he was having a conversation there just like I just don't want to hear it and where's the where's the fun old fisher gone? Mm. And it's again, it's him that's changed, mm. but he's not part of that circle anymore because he doesn't want to be, you know, drunk Emily taking loads of yeah. drugs and getting high anymore, or you know, Rochelle that would rock up to your wedding in a wedding dress because <laughs> she'd think it's funny. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so when we change, when do you start compromising your relationship with yourself in order to maintain a friendship? Yeah that doesn't really actually serve you or the new version of you anymore. And that's difficult territory to traverse, especially when you're still trying to get to know the new version of you. It's really then hard to communicate that to the people who only want to see the old version of you. Yeah. That's tough. But, you know, you went through that version and you went to a yoga studio and with that you found yogis Mm. and people that have been on the same kind of path as you. So it is kind of that pulling back making space for those new friends to come through yeah of the boundaries you set I think yeah. this all just boils down to boundaries doesn't it and when you Absolutely. say these are my boundaries people either pull away or dump you or yeah. you know it's having the discernment to know which friendships to put the energetic effort into mm. and which ones just to allow to drift to drift and some that maybe need an actual conversation mm. I think if if you feel like you're hurting someone, it needs to be a conversation. Yeah. And if you feel like you are being hurt, then you're allowed to m- move in and ask for that conversation. It might not come to you, but I think you, you have the right to ask 
the questions. Mm. Yeah. So I'm just going to go on a little bit of a lighter note. Okay, let's do it. We've got a little theme of the week. Oh, go on. Nicknames. Oh. I love you, Mandy. I love you, P. Diddy. So Mandy came about for Puff those... Diddy, not P. Diddy. <laughs> can't even get your nickname right. Brilliant. Mandy came about because I found a picture of Rochelle from when <laughs> she was like 21 and she was like the epitome of the 90s in one photograph with like white ice blue eyeliner and mascara and her hair scraped back with like some kind of mousse mousse but like with tiny little <laughs> remember when we used to pull out the, the very front bits of our fringes it was just absolutely ridiculous and she just looked like someone called mandy i called I, her mandy ever since mandy mandy and little puff diddy came about because emily sent me a photo of her from a Amateur, amateur dramatic days. Mate, it was the first role I ever played. First role she ever played? Puff the Magic Dragon. Guys, <laughs> you need to see that picture. That is an outfit. There is more sequins. Felt. <laughs> felt and sequins. <laughs> sequins. She could Beyonce run for her money. There was more That's bling. That was, that was made by Liz Mason, that outfit. She was Aww. our next door neighbour. Well, Liz. I think she ghosted my mum, actually, to oh, be honest. Probably after that mm. outfit. Yeah, probably. <laughs> um, amazing outfit, but yeah, that's where little Puff, Puff, Diddy. Puff Diddy came from. That's our little nicknames for each other. We um, actually put a question out to the audience, all seven of them, um, <laughs> about <laughs> nicknames. So this is one of my favourite ones that came back. Okay, you ready for this? Yeah. Okay, so at uni, we had a mate called Psycho Dave. He looked a little <laughs> bit like a serial killer, so the name just really suited him. He did not like it, and in the second year of university, he made a stand to us all. Okay, guys, this year, it's just Dave, okay? Sure. From then on, he was known as Just Dave, and it <laughs> still stands to this day. Just, just Dave. Just just Dave. Dave. That's so good. From Psycho JD. Dave to Just Dave. From SD to JD. And <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I've got quite you know a Psycho one. begins with a P, though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dyslexic. Uh, no, you're own. not. That's such I a am. lie. I am. I want to see the certificate that proves it. <laughs> there wasn't one in the 90s. <laughs> it's spelled wrong. <laughs> Um, so here's a really cute one. My best friend Joe calls me Yoda as she believes I'm the wise one. I'm not too sure about that. It all came about when she was having a really difficult time and I gave her some really good advice. Aww. The wise one, Yoda. That's cute. Yeah, I thought it's probably because she got her words back to front, but no. <laughs> really drunk and I couldn't string a <laughs> sentence together. <and> I <laughs> sounded like Yoda. Yeah. Yeah. Cute nicknames. We want to hear what your endearing nicknames are for your girlfriends and if you have any funny stories that go along with them. Actually, I'm going to tell you a funny best friend birthday present story. Yeah, tell us. Mm. So my best friend in England, Nick, or as we call each other, Bear, Mm. Because she was Nick Bear as a kid and I was Shell Bear, like the Care Bears. Shell because of Rochelle? Yes. <gasps> I've never thought about calling you Shell. Well, only a, a select few people call me Shell. My brother calls me oh, Shell. Can I call you Shelly? No. My can I call you Rosh? People call me Ro, but not Rosh. Oh, I quite like Ro. Yeah, get Ro over here. So 
Nikki and I call each other Bear, and she actually made me a cute little carry necklace, but it says Bear on it. Oh, yeah. So one year, my favourite thing from England is Warburton crumpets. So she decided that she would post me a packet of Warburton crumpets, which come in six, but for some reason, she decided only to post me four, so she opened the <laughs> packet, first rookie error, then she wrapped them up in wrapping paper, put them in a postal bag with some other treats and things, posted them over to Australia. My birthday is in February, Sydney, February weather, it's really hot. The parcel must have come like a week before, and so... My partner at the time thought, oh, I'll just hide this from Rochelle for a week. And then when I opened the present, it was just a packet of mould. <laughs> Why did she take two out? Because so she's a tight elf northerner. <laughs> <laughs> Serves you right for being friends with a northerner. That's hilarious. Oh, all right. Well, that's another episode done and dusted. I, if you've ever been dumped by a girlfriend, know that you are not alone. There is no shame in it. I think it's happened to almost everybody either brutally or just in a kind of nondescript mm. kind of way as a friendship has just sort of dissolved there's no shame in it it doesn't mean that you are a bad person and maybe we'll do another episode about people who have done the dumping and who have decided that they've had to be the one enough is enough yeah the one to to move away from a friendship so if you've had that experience let us know in the next episode which will come out in a fortnight's time we want to be talking about friendships and covid mm. so rochelle and i our friend we, it's a covid friendship yes our friendship has come out of covid so we'd love to know has your friendship been affected by covid for better or for worse or anything in between so um, maybe you have not been able to see your friend for a really long time because of restrictions and that's affected your friendship. Maybe you've become better friends with somebody as a result of COVID. We'd love to hear your story. Please email info at emilychadbourne.com and we will see you in a fortnight's time. Thanks, Mandy. Thanks, Puff Diddy. <laughs> not P Diddy. You can call me P Diddy. I mean, yeah. it would be a bit weird. Yeah. Puff Diddy. Gonna get a whoop, 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 whoop. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback. We just ask that you make it kind. If you have topics you'd like us to cover, questions you'd like to ask, or just fancy getting in touch, please head to the show notes. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate and review. And as always, share us with your mates. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.